guys, this is episode four of Can You Teach Me That? My name is Martin Clausen. Yeah, I'm Neil Drought. And today's guest is Oshin Foley. And I got that name correct now, didn't I? You did indeed. How are you guys keeping? Very good, yes, thank you. Great, you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. So uh, I reached out to, to Ocean. It's not even that long ago. What is it, a few days ago? Yeah, we were chatting only yesterday, I think. Yeah, and just to kind of give you the setup, like so, I became aware of of uh, of Ocean, and he's he's in a group that I I'm gonna allow you to tell a bit more about. But I actually <laughs> went and saw them perform. So, first off, you would like what would you call yourself as far as like what would you want us to refer to you as? Yeah, so I mean the term, the technical term is mentalist, but I think Alan Partridge has taken that and kind of ran with it in the UK. So, like. I think mind reader probably suits best. Which is a big term to be it's a reference. I love that. So can you give us a little bit of an insight into what that actually means to you? And then when that's done, we'll kind of go back into what, what happened before you, uh, you came to call yourself a mind reader. Yes. Yeah, so what I do is I read and I influence people. So I tell people what they're thinking by reading body language, by using statistics, psychology, all that kind of thing. And I influence them by doing the exact same thing back to them. See, now yeah. I'm getting, that yeah. sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. And now I'm getting all like, God damn it, am I tense? Now I need to be focused on this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even worry, got yeah. that from uh, university. I did psychology and people would be like, oh, what am I thinking? Like, I, I, I don't know. I've studied a few people. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I always find it funny. I studied psychology for a year in university and people used to come up to me then and go, what am I thinking? And I'd be like, well, I mean, I can kind of do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Neil. Um, yeah. So I just alluded to there. I'll say the first question. Me and Neil, let just kind of go back and forth as organic as we can and just have a conversation. If there's anything... Uh, you feel mm -hmm. like that we should go more in depth with just you, you lead the way as well, right? But can you take Perfect. us back to kind of some of your history, some of the, the key things that were happening before you maybe ventured into this area or have it, has it always been something that you wanted to do? Well, I mean, one of the things is ever since I was very, very young, I've had the pleasure of being performing, whether it be singing, dancing, acting, all of those things. So I'm one of those theater kids that's kind of, my early background and when I was I want to say about eight years of age my older brother bought a poker set and decided that he was going to beat me up until I play poker with him <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah so for us to know a little bit about you more before we go on this yeah I like having uh like that was quite a story that kind of put me off I'm not gonna lie but one thing that I would actually like to know about you and to get a better understanding as we go on here is like if you had a superpower ocean what would your superpower actually be because mm. you kind of have one now so I know that that one is a king so I'm, I'm curious yeah I mean <sighs> been a long time since I've really thought about this question. Um, I suppose actually having proper telepathy would be a great superpower to have, as opposed to using psychology and all these things to make it look like a telepathy. It'd be so much easier if I could just do it for real. 
Yeah. How does it surprises me? Like I thought that once you had, like that to me, the fact that you're already able to do it, you might've gone with like, yeah, I don't know, flying or anything, but okay. So you would actually just like to have it in real life. I like yeah. that. Neil, have you without without yeah. the effort. <laughs> it's quite good actually, because it kind of says that what you really want is actually where you are in life anyway. It's, it's what interests you, what other people yeah. think you. Yeah, I think um, people are fascinating. It's one thing that I'm delighted to say is that I love my job because I get to meet so many different people and people as a whole can be either lovely or terrible, but they're always fascinating no matter what. Yeah, I can see that one. <laughs> so this has kind of always been your hobby and passion then I, I, I'm, I'm sensing here. And do you know, was there a turning point at, at a young age, outside of what hmm. you just said, was that the turning point that got you into this? Or was there something like a fascinating character or something before that actually led you down this path? I mean, I think the fact that I learned how to cheat at a poker at such a young age was definitely a turning point. But when I was kind of into magic a little bit more, I started watching things like Darren Brown, who's huge in the UK and he's doing great in the US now. Uh, Keith Barry, who are two fantastic figures to look up to and they're two absolutely lovely people. But I've had the pleasure of looking at them and looking at their careers. And I did, when I was younger, uh, have the pleasure of meeting a psychic. And the reason I say that with inverted commas is he openly told me that he was a fake and that kind of led me into learning what an awful lot of fraudulent psychics do. Okay. So, Neil, do you have any questions to that? Yeah, I think obviously you've gone on that magic in general was quite an interest for you. Was there anything of why you decided mentalism was going to be your main field and do you practice other bits as well? Oh, I still do other bits like... Uh, if you ever sit down with me, I'm more than happy to show you some really simple but effective card stuff and some sponge ball stuff. I do that for the love of it. But I think mentalism is very fascinating. There's actually a character, well, not a character, a creator and very famous mentalist in the States called Richard Osterland. Now, this quote from him is a little bit outdated considering the person he's referring to in it isn't shone in the best light anymore but he used to say if um if you were ever chatting to someone like donald trump what power would he really want to be able to read someone's mind or make something appear under a cup a million times i think reading someone's mind is probably the way that most people would like to go yeah i think you're right on that Mm. so yeah I've had the pleasure of watching your show, right? And uh, I love this stuff. And I love also kind of being, uh, going into it as just entertainment. But mm-hmm. as the past, past few weeks have gone on and that I've, I've talked to some of your colleagues as well, it's been interesting to see how much body language and how like attention to detail there is. What would you mm. say kind of sets, like I know there's different varieties of what you guys do. What is your kind of little niche that you've carved out and how come you went down that mentalist road and not like slide up hand and these things? What spoke to you really from it? Um, I think the reason why I stepped away from slide of hand is because it comes back to what I was saying earlier. People themselves are fascinating. I love to understand how people think and why they think in a certain way. I think to everyone that's a fascinating subject and 
to me it really spoke out because of interests that I have outside of magic as well like I'll be honest I'm one of those people who if Netflix has a brand new documentary on about serial killers I will binge watch it until it's no longer available yeah (laughs) (laughs) you've watched Mindhunters yeah oh god yeah and read the books fair enough I can I can I can relate to that I don't know about you Neil are you in the same sphere uh, I'm more into the fiction side of Netflix ah. myself. Um, I, I, I think for me personally, there's too much bad stuff in the world that I kind of try to keep away from the documentation of it. Yeah. If, if I know it's fiction, it's a different matter. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the same storyline, if I know it's a fictional story, it just makes all that difference to me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. what, what kind of a jobs have you had, if you don't mind? Like, have you had normal, quote unquote, jobs? Like, have you been in your local duns or? <laughs> yeah, I've worked behind the bar in a couple of pubs, which has been great. I've worked in a music store, kind of doing the repairs on some guitars and just general retail. I've worked for the past while, as well as doing magic and mentalism. I've worked teaching English as a foreign language, which has been a really really nice experience um it's been fun getting to chat to people from all over the world and learn about different cultures and yeah so those have been the three main jobs i've had outside of magic okay i've got an interesting question then Mm -hmm. do you find that different cultures react differently so you've got to learn different cues for different cultures or are they all basically the same that is a great question. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I find some cultures differ in the way that they think. So, for example, most English-speaking countries, the first thing, if I get them to draw a picture, the first thing most people will draw is a stick man, a house, a tree, something along those lines. Yeah. Whereas I've worked with Spanish people, and they tend to draw things more like beaches or landscapes. Italians tend to draw things more like footballs and football boots. Uh, French people tend to draw food much more. So it's interesting to see how culture changes just the first thing that they think of. Yeah, that's, that must make it a very, very difficult job then. Or mm-hmm. do, do you specifically try and pick out people because you know what their culture is more going to be like? Or... Um. If I have my preference and I want to make sure everything in my show goes 100% correct, I will try and pick people with the best English. I won't lie. (laughs) But I had the pleasure a couple of months ago of performing for 200 Spanish kids where none of them went for the first things that English people go for. So it was a really challenging but great experience. I loved it. That's so funny. That made me think of when I, you had, so he had me on stage and I specifically messed up the language. He actually threw me off on that one. So I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. It was a challenge. I love a challenge. <laughs> um, so what is the dream actually? What is it that you see yourself doing in an ideal world where you could get to choose it? Would it be a, a, a magician or doing this full time like your Darren Browns or, or how do you see yourself in the future? It's really funny. You ask that question to about 90% of magicians and they're all going to go, oh, I want to be in Vegas. Vegas isn't a dream for me. What's much more a dream is to perform in somewhere like the Gaiety Theatre in Dublin or um, 
the Palladium in London, two gorgeous theatres, really intimate venues because they're so big. But I remember seeing a couple of shows in the Gaiety and it's just, you can be sat eight, 10, 20 rows back from stage. You feel like you're in the front row. Something like that. I love the intimacy of an awful lot of performance. Um, so I think possibly doing a tour of Ireland, tour of the UK would be much more my style. Okay, like Netflix specials and, and all of this as well? Netflix specials would be great. Um, if they happen, they happen. If they don't, they don't. But I'm still going to keep working towards them. Yeah, no, I'm just always, like for me personally, I love those big dreams, right? I love you setting yourself some some insane goal to achieve. Like I could see you in those places in, in Ireland and in, in England. Uh, like, yeah, I, 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 for me, that's like, yeah, that's that's definitely achievable for you. Yeah. I mean, one thing I've noticed is actually that I think probably three or four years ago, I didn't even know the term mentalist. <laughs> it seems to be quite, it's kind of appeared out of nowhere. And yeah. like all of the talent shows and things, they keep coming on and appearing everywhere. And mm. so I think there's become quite a big name for it and people are loving it actually as a... Um, option to watch rather than just normal magician disappearing tricks yeah that's um it's great to see that and one of the things is kind of what i was saying earlier about the alan partridge thing specifically in the uk and ireland the term mentalist now tends to mean crazy person it sounds to me i was about to say it i'm like it yeah sound appealing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really you know what i mean like it does yeah it, it makes me think several different things yeah, but like I'm thrilled that we've reclaimed the title back because it was a huge term back in vaudevillian times and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's great that we've kind of brought it back into the stratosphere. And it's like, I'm not going to lie, I'm not a big fan of Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent, but I've sat down and watched people like Spellman, who's a lovely guy, do it this year. He was X, the masked magician, great guy. Yeah. There's Colin McLeod, who's originally from um, Scotland, who's doing great things in the States. So it's great to see that we've reclaimed the title back and we're doing so well with those kind of shows. So fair play to Simon Cowell on this one. So how come you don't <laughs> like that, though? What's the, uh, what's the off-putting thing about it? Is it too commercialized or...? Um, I think more for me, rather than it being commercial, it's... One of the things that I was brought up with, with my family was there's two ways to work. You can work smart or you can work hard. And I try to work smart and hard. So when I see people go on the show and they're thrown into instant success, I think it's frustrating for so many people who work really hard. Because, yeah, everyone can go on that show and you get your 5, 10, 15 minutes of fame. But it's very rare that you will have a full career afterwards. And so it, yeah, I don't. So, would you see yourself like? So now I'm curious about that. So, would you not just jump on that opportunity and then be the one that like blows it up and and like raises the bar? Uh, I don't think that's for me. Now, that being said, two three years ago, I wouldn't have said half the stuff that I'm doing now would be stuff I'd do. So it's possible. Anything's possible, but um, I don't think so. I think it's. It's great, and I've had friends who've gone on it and done amazing, but I think longevity is much more important than instant success and instant fame. 
Yeah, no, and, and, and I hear you. I just, I, I'm always like a big fan of those things in the sense of it's not always overnight successes, right? We don't mm. know for the likes of yourself, if you, you show up, you're going to, I always love the ones that then raise the bar a lot. And I'm not trying to persuade, I just, yeah. I, I love them as for what they are. It's a, it's a platform, right? To, to be yeah. seen at the end of the day. And if you compare oh, yourself to the others, it's, you just do you in those shows. But I know what you're saying. And I've seen those kind of, people come and go so fast it's the 15 minutes of fame platform but not for everybody what's yeah. the one it was like the lady kelly clarkson wasn't that her name the one one of the earliest ones like she she was actually from yeah. that show yeah she was big from american idol she had a great career for many years and then she kind of fell out of the spotlight yeah. now she's coming back and she's doing great so i'm thrilled to see it but it doesn't happen for everyone unfortunately you would get my vote that's what i'm saying anyways <laughs> cheers uh, man <laughs> Um, yeah, Neil, I don't know if you had a question. Well, I know that I wouldn't go on the show as well, but that's a different reason. Um, basically, I can't do magic, I can't sing, I can't <laughs> dance. Um, not a good knife thrower either, so it's not really for me. You'd be one of those I mean, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All I was going to say is knife throwing, like, you never know, you could go viral with that. Yeah, because I would hit one of them with it. <laughs> the the it. only knife throwing I've tried, it bounced back at me. It's yeah. not not for me. I get right. that. <laughs> All right. Um, so I know for a fact also that you kind of do some hypnotism, right? And that's one of yes. the things I am super fascinated about. Like, sincere, how did that start? Which part of your career was that when that became a thing? And how does that become a thing for one? Yeah, so I've been fascinated with hypnotism since I first heard about it or saw it. I mean, you've seen me, you've met me, I'm five foot nothing, I'm a short guy, so I've been used to having guys towering over me my entire life. So there does get that point where you're like, I wish that I could control that person. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it, but like... I think it really became an option when I went to university. I met a hypnotist there called Michael McCoy. Michael is doing great things on the kind of college scene here in Ireland. And he gave me some recommendations of stuff to check out. I started working on it behind the scenes and I, I do what I do. <laughs> and so with those the question is always like is it real right can you give some insights into how much does the subject have to want to be like what is the kind of like the, the easiest way to explain it in layman terms for it to be a quote-unquote success to get hypnotized yeah so i mean one of the things that i have said about hypnotism for as long as i've been studying it is hypnotism is nothing like what all of us think it is like there's so many different psychological studies and scientific studies that differ massively because it's such a difficult thing to kind of study. Um, what I would say about hypnosis is it varies from person to person. So you don't really know what you're looking for unless you, you kind of just get a feel for it. So um, people always say look for REM in the eyes when you're doing an induction. That can work, although sometimes people suffer from REM because there's stage lights on them or they're nervous and all these things. So I think when it comes to people, there's this saying that you won't do anything under hypnosis that you wouldn't do normally. That's because 
90% of subjects, even though they're under control, if you want to put it that way, they're in a relaxed state. They should be fully aware of everything that's going on. It's not that they're completely out of their mind, under control, that kind of thing. What, what's REM? Rapid eye movements. Okay. Just, I'm sure there's more than me wondering about it there. So yeah, have, that's cool. Have you ever been hypnotized yourself? Like, and I've been hypnotized on stage a couple of times. I've been hypnotized in offices, and I use self-hypnosis every single night. What is that? Oh, that sounds relaxing. Yeah, so self-hypnosis is kind of a relaxation technique where you're able to get suggestions to kind of make yourself either more confident. Some people do it to give up smoking, to lose weight. So you generally would put on kind of hypnotic tones while you're lying down before you go to sleep, or you can do it first thing in the morning or in the middle of the day. It's just a good way to kind of let your body recoup and to take on suggestions. So um, in my past, actually quite a while ago, because I was suffering from a lot of stress and things, I actually went to see a hypnotherapist for that. Um, so I, I kind of, yeah, I've had a lot of experience of going into that hypnotic state and things and talk about stuff. But yeah, as you said, I, I was completely in control of it all. Um, mm -hmm. I knew exactly what I was saying and doing. I could feel if my shoulder got itchy or whatever like that um yeah. and yeah I, I was a thing of i could easily come out of the hypnosis if i chose to but mm. obviously i knew it was beneficial so i didn't um, so exactly. yeah it was very interesting so yeah i gotta ask i gotta we gotta dive into this one ocean uh so if you're trying to give yourself more self-confidence, what's the, uh, take me through the process. And I would imagine for anybody listening here that like, this sounds really interesting for the unannounced. Oh, did we lose him? I think we might have. I love the post that he's keeping though. If not, it's <laughs> yeah. just like a hypnosis thing. <laughs> we'll just let him come back in. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright guys, uh, we're back after a few technical issues here, we just lost connection and uh, we'll pick it right back up. Uh, the question that I had before we had this incident was, take me through what that means, how you can self, uh, like get yourself into self-hypnosis and can I do it tonight? Or Yeah, 100%. Anyone can self-hypnotize and anyone can be hypnotized. That is something I firmly believe and something I've seen from experience. Self-hypnosis is a little bit i would say it's a little bit different than regular hypnosis only because you're actually aware that you're the one who's in control in regular hypnosis people think that the hypnotist is in control you're in control the whole time as neil kind of said a few minutes ago self-hypnosis though is where you're putting yourself in a relaxed state so some people might use meditation or things like that which is kind of similar uh, an awful lot of people who do mindfulness and meditation will probably kill me for saying that, but it's similar. That now, was what I was thinking as well, but go on. Yeah. What I tend to do is you get yourself, you lie down, you sit down, you relax every muscle, nerve and fiber in your body. And I tend to use hypnotic tones while I'm doing it. So I'll play hypnotic tones or hypnotic beats through a pair of headphones or just let them play into the room 
And with those tones or whatever, it will have little suggestions built into them. So there's kind of subliminal messages built into the tones where you're getting told different things. And it's, so, it, it, yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say, absolutely everyone can be, can use self-hypnosis. So is this kind of like an auto-suggestion thing, just in a, a different kind of package as far as like, if I had, to, I would sit and just, you know, how auto-suggestion works, I assume. <laughs> yeah. So is it kind of like that, but because of the hypnotic tones and the, the vibrancy of the, the, the frequency rather of the music, it, it's yeah. different or? Um, I would say they're very similar. Um, to be honest, I don't know enough about auto-suggestion to say they're the same or not, but from what I do know, they're very similar. Okay. And so yeah. the, the things you listen to, are they like off of YouTube? Is it things you've recorded yourself? Like how does one get a hold of it? Well, there's tons of material out there on YouTube. There's like, all you have to do is type in hypnotic tones and you're going to go through safely a thousand pages of tones based for what you want to do. So if you want to lose weight, there's tones there that you play, uh, which are recommended to be listened to whilst you're doing exercise. There's tones for getting better sleep. There's tones for uh, self for confidence, which is great. Yeah, there's tones for everything out there. It's just a case of realizing what you're looking for and searching for it. Yeah, yeah. I think I might look into the tones because um, I do, when I'm struggling to sleep, try putting myself into a kind of hypnotic state anyway. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's I start picturing a happy place, a beach, that sort of thing, waves, yeah. um, and then sort of feel that try and make more like my body heavier so it just sinks down and yeah. do that. So that's sort of my experience, but I think actually doing the tones and making it useful as well at the same time would be even better. 100%. And so is there like a, a session involved with this? Let's say that you're doing like the self-confidence thing. Would you reckon, oh, listen to this two weeks before the night before you go out for like a job interview or whatever? Can you like, how specific are you with what you would listen to on a daily basis? So what I will do is... I tend to listen to, I have three two-hour um, kind of sessions that I've downloaded that I'll throw on pretty much every night. Um, now, sometimes, of course, you forget to put them on or whatever, so I wouldn't listen to them, but I have a 20-minute session that I can listen to if I'm kind of nervous about a performance or a job interview or whatever. I'll listen to it on the bus or not when driving. Don't listen to it when driving, but like if you're on the bus or on the train and you've got dead time, perfect time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would recommend if you are nervous about something with the self-confidence ones, definitely give it a go. If you've got a job interview coming up or whatever, throw it on, give it a shot. The worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't affect and you're just after listening to 20 minutes to two hours of a really cool tone that's just going to get you a little bit more chilled out. Okay. Um, and one thing that I'd quite like to know is if, if somebody's looking to go into mentalism, is there anything you'd suggest to them to start with? Or um, Yes. Read as much as you can. And I'm not just talking magic books or mentalism books, which is 
tons of them out there. Uh, read as much psychology books, as much fiction books, as much whatever that you can get your hands on. The more you read, the more your way of looking at things is easier to project. And one of the things that I was chatting to a friend of mine about the other day is a mentalist is the same as a comedian or a actor or a musician. They're an entertainer. They're there to entertain. You should be able to walk into a room, drop your entire act, have a chat with someone, and they could turn around and go, that's a cool guy. So the more you read, the more people will be able to say that about you. So, so basically, you're essentially saying like obtain knowledge and and but yeah, but that can be like, would you be able to make like a top ten book list that you would say this year is a tangible list that I would say would get you off to a good start? Yeah, I mean, I'm not see, asking you to make it here, no, but but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, but just off the top of my head, one book that I think everyone should read is um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a great book, an awful lot of people kind of make a joke of it, which let them off. I think it's a fantastic book and it's filled with information that you don't think is important until you read the book and you start putting it into practice. So how much would you say it's like mindset again, if we mix it in with now the hypnotism? So one thing is that you, I know from like, I study auto suggestion. And so I can hear a lot of the things you're mentioning is coming from the law of vibrance. I don't know if that resonates with mm. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's interesting to say, so what you say a lot of it also has to be a case of one thing is for me to listen to like self-confidence tones and all of this. What is your kind of like mind process? How are you thinking as you're also listening to this? Are you visualizing things like Neil was saying or, or what's your, yeah, what's your process? Uh, it, to be honest, it varies from day to day. Some days I will sit down and I will have a goal in mind and I'll be visualizing myself getting towards that goal. Other days, I'm kind of a little bit, I feel lost because I'm thinking, is the law of attraction real? Is it, or is it just BS, to be honest? I've read into it an awful lot, and I think it's a fantastic subject, and it's something I want to really believe in. And one of the things that I do know for a fact is if you think something's real and you put enough belief in it, you can make it real for you. That is... It's the same as the placebo effect, which I think Neil would be able to talk more about as well with his background in psychology. I think it's, if you can visualize something, you can make it real. That's without a shadow of a doubt because you've set your mind to it. So, so I've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with the law of attraction. Um, mm -hmm. So the, f the first time I came across the whole idea was uh, the secret and kind of people told me oh you've got to read it and stuff and I just it didn't it didn't resonate with me at all um, mm -hmm. I kind of got the idea but then it's just like okay so you just believe in something it will happen but didn't really work for me um one person that I've listened to though that came across with the idea that it's not just the universe will provide it's that when you're believing in something and you're looking for something in particular your brain filters out all the other garbage that's not to do with that yeah. and only takes in the stuff that is to do with it so it's stuff that's yeah. out there but you just normally miss it because you're not focused on it 100 percent. it's yeah. one of those things where it's like 
my uncle's a big uh, subscriber in uh, The Secret. It worked for him. But one of the things that we've had to chat about myself and himself here a few months ago was, it's not even that it's the universe. It's that because you're so focused on achieving that goal, you put yourself in the position where that goal can become true. You'll take that chance that most people either won't see or they won't go for because they're like, uh, they're him and yeah. So you've got the opportunity by just going, listen, this is what I want. I'm going to take it. I'm going to go for it. And I think that is one of the things that I really think the law of attraction is great with. So, so, and I'll jump in now. So, of course, I, I study under Bob Proctor, who's a big, he's a character in, mm. or character, he's in The Secret, right? And it's funny, so he's actually said that The Secret was, uh, it didn't turn out the way they wanted it. So, basically, it was, uh, it, was, um, it was supposed to grab attention towards the law of attraction. It was, uh, it was a, a marketing scheme to get people to understand that this year is doable, but it never taught a single thing about how to do it. It just teaches you the yeah. results of how to the practice behind it and repetition is key. And that's why I asked you about your process behind it because it has to be, so right now I'm doing something where I do it every day for two weeks in a row before I can move on and have to like deliver a synopsis to it. And that's the key behind it is like, yeah, like Neil said, we can sit and think of fantasies all day, but you have to put in steps and practice that's behind it. it. Um, and I think one of the good examples of that is like you remember in what you want. Like if we go down the street now and somebody's wearing like an awkward, weird outfit, we're going to remember and focus on them and everything else will be forgotten because that yeah. was the one that draw, uh, took all of our attention, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing that if you suddenly buy a red car, all you notice is the red cars on the road. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, interesting like this is something I would love to talk about but okay I'm definitely going to test this out tonight as far as like putting on some of these like I've been listening to a lot yeah. of auto suggestion thing but I'm going to just change a little bit and, and try to add some of these tones to it um, 100% and I think when we're done here I would love to just we, we don't have to do it on the show but talk to you about like creating like a small list of the ones you have and then we'll, we'll put that in the comment section uh, and give them a definitely look. definitely um, yeah, I don't want to move on too fast, Neil. Do you have anything to add to this before we? No, I think that's it for me on that topic. Is cool, pretty yeah. interesting. We do a lot about like the mindset of like financial growth and personal growth here. That's like the the key point of it. So how how is this something that you do now? How much do you use it when you're like trying to score jobs or if you talk to people and sales influence? And I know we can go into like the building report kind of naturally because this is something I would really want to hear from. You. Yeah, not, not just the sales thing. Do you use it when you're down at the pub and talking to people? <laughs> yeah, and that as well. He does. Um, sure you do. To a certain extent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, with regards to jobs and that kind of a thing, because I'm able to, because I'm kind of more tuned into reading people and that kind of thing, if you say something in an interview, you're able to tell most people are able to tell instantly whether it was a good interview or a bad interview. I'm able to tell exactly when it changed from a bad interview into a good interview or a good interview into a bad interview. I just know instantly in that moment when it's happened. You can see the change. Can you recoup? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, you're, you're really, so have you had a bad interview? Because then you would oh. have to do it on purpose. <laughs> I mean, we've all had terrible interviews at one stage or another, and you can immediately see how to turn things around. 
Okay. And can you give examples, anything that would be like relatable for, for somebody who might be listening be like, Oh no, I have to pay attention to this. Yeah. I mean, there's different phrases that people will say in an interview and it varies from person to person. So I can't give an exact example, okay. but you can tell from sitting down chatting with someone that that's not their vocabulary when you're getting things right. You can just tell by looking at them. I mean, I'm sure guys you've come home to your girlfriends, boyfriends or whatever, and you've immediately instantly known that there's something off with them. You don't know what it is, but you know what it is off from the moment you walk into the room. They don't even have to look at you or say anything. You can just tell. That is all you're using. You're just tuning that up a little bit more and using it to someone you don't know really well. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, go into, uh, like, building rapport is something that I, I would love to, to just hear your perspective on and, yeah, give us some, some details on how you perceive it. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things that people forget about when trying to build rapport is you have to remember people's names. You absolutely have to. The amount of times where you see people trying to build rapport and they didn't listen to each other's names. So they're, they're going, hey man, hey bud, hey friend, hey mate, all of these things. You can say all of that, but try to drop in their name. Uh, I think it's, it's actually in how to win friends and influence people. There's an entire chapter dedicated to the fact that someone's name is the most important sound to them. If you want to make a point with someone, like for example, if I wanted to really emphasize the point with you right now, Martin, all I have to do is say your name. Yeah. It draws your attention to it. That builds rapport instantly. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with how people are because I've noticed it, uh, especially when there's business meetings and things and they start talking to each other and they're sitting there looking to find an opening of how they can give their business information to this person and they're not, they're not listening. They're not actually paying any attention to what's being said um, and they just both end up going away completely it was a completely irrelevant chat because neither of them gained anything or any rapport from it. So I love the, the law of attraction with this now. So I have a trick that I use and then notion you can see if you agree with it, if it's the same you do. Uh, so what I do with names is that I make sure to, like you said, uh, always mention the name back to them after they've introduced themselves uh, as naturally as you can, right? It's nice to meet your name. Uh, but what I also do is I make sure to use my imagination. So I will do something either a rhyme or I will have something in my head that I picture that will make me remember your name. And yeah. if, if you have a special name for like your name to me is unique, right? Because it's not yes. I, I'm from Denmark. This would be so it's easier for me to remember a unique name. But what I would do is like ask them, what's the story? Like what's your, the history of the name and get them to do it. So I really have like a lot of connection with that. Yeah. So uh, yeah. just for anybody listening, that's kind of my trick to, to always remember. That's an incredible technique. I do something similar when I'm trying to remember someone's name, which is the two techniques I use, which number one is I'll say someone's name in my head three times. Immediately it gets stuck in your head. Hmm. Um, and a lot of the time when I'm at an event, I could meet up to 100 to 300 people. So it's great that I'm able to say to them at the end of the night, Oh, bye, Paul. I hope you had a great time or whatever. But another technique that I found 
when it was first introduced to me, I thought it was the most stupid technique in the world. But it's brilliant. It's genius. With an awful lot of names, you know someone else who has that name. Imagine the person who stood in front of you dressed up as the other person you know with the name. Yeah. So it, when I first met you, Martin, for example, we have a family friend. Uh, now, admittedly, the guy's a good bit older than you, but I was imagining you wearing one of his jumpers because he wears the same kind of jumpers the whole time. Instantly, I can remember the name. Okay. With Neil. Neil, I'm looking at you right now in the camera. I can see that you look similar to one of my childhood mates with the same name. Sounds good. Yeah. At least I don't have to have a jumper. Yeah, it's just little <laughs> tips like that. Or um, it's funny, sometimes you get names that are kind of, can be used with either sex, which is great. So if you're chatting with someone and you immediately focus on the person dressed up as someone of the opposite gender or the opposite sex. Fantastic. I you can that. instantly remember their name, which is, it's a wonderful thing. See, now I'm, secret, I'm thinking that you did that to me and you just went for the jumper thing just to be kind. No, no I, went with, <laughs> I went with the jumper thing. Okay. No, I can appreciate that. See, these are good. Yeah. I love these kind of tips because it is important. Like I've messed up those name things before and it's, uh, it gets awkward, right? We all have had that one where like too much time has gone on. Like when I used to, to be in my old job, I had people and I hate to admit it now. I would have somebody for a year saying, hey, you, good, good seeing you, mate, and all this. And I was just like, now too much time has passed that I can't go up like, listen, I don't actually well, I mean, we're very lucky in modern society that we can turn around to someone and instead of asking them what their name is, you can take out your phone, go onto Facebook or onto Instagram and go, oh, by the way, what's your name on this? And they'll say it out. Yeah, until they go like black, uh, black paper roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I, I like that one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. tip as well with it. Yeah, so just... Just go with it. Just go, oh, so um, what can I find you under on Instagram or something? Yeah. Or, or, or hand the phone and go, do you want to add to yourself? Fantastic tip as well. Oh, that way. There you yeah. go. That way you don't have to figure out how to spell it either. Well, another thing is you can't just go, by the way, how, how do you spell it? And okay, sometimes people just look at you and go, my name's Bob. But with names like Connor, there's two or three different spellings. You can go, oh, is there one N or two Ns or is it an E or an O? Or, yeah. I mean, my name's four letters and it's got three or four different spellings. So, Yeah. <laughs> True, actually, yeah. All right, I like those. So in, in the spirit of, of rapport building, so names is a key one. What, what else would you put up there on the list as far as like really making a connection? Uh, another one is immediately find out either what someone does or what their interests are immediately if you can especially with something like what i do if i'm trying to make something feel real to the person because i'm reading someone's mind an awful lot of people are going to go that's bs so if i can just go listen what is it that you do and i can make this relevant to you that immediately builds rapport so if you find out what someone does or what someone's interested in and you're able to chat to them for two or three minutes, that's great. Let people talk and actually listen to them. Um, if you want to be a good conversationalist, you have to be good at listening to people. It's why 
a lot of the time if I'm on the phone or if I'm chatting to someone in person you'll see me go quiet for a few minutes just nodding along listening to what they're saying let them lead the conversation it builds rapport instantly yeah, yeah. that sounds good um I, i've got a little question on it obviously you love the the whole fact that you've got the mentalism and you can kind of read people's minds and things do you find at times actually that it's a bad thing that you wish you could turn it off uh i mean there's definitely times when you're out for a few drinks and someone just goes read my mind and it's like i'm off the clock i think i'm just gonna chill out have my drink and they kind of keep pushing and you're like Ugh. but but like with um sort of like friends family relationships is that sometimes where you're just like i just need to shut this off i can't well see most of what i'm doing is i'm picking up on people's cues yeah so i'm thankfully able to just zone out for a second i can zone out when i'm chilling out with like friends or whatever so it's great but there are times when you're out with your mates and I'm sure you guys have it as well because it's not just, I'm just taking it from step five up to step 10 or up to step 20. You immediately know when someone walks into the room that your friend is kind of annoyed or wants to get out of there. So you're keeping an eye on that. So it's yeah. great that I'm able to, without even having to turn it on, everyone's able to look and go mm, there's a change in the atmosphere here you know would you say within the like i don't want to jump i'll agree to what you're saying like i'm so curious about some of the books and we'll, we'll get some referencing for you but would you say there's like a personality type within the, what you guys do that would be uh better at doing this than others or is it anyone who can pick it up if they just put their mind to it and actually sit and study Anyone can do it if they sit and study. The only thing that I will say is personality type, to a certain extent, you have to be obsessive. You have to be someone who you will sit down and work as hard as you can. If you think that, oh, this is great, I can learn this sleight of hand move, or I can learn this technique, and that's all I'll ever need, you're not going to last long. You have to be able to learn three or four different ways to do something. Like um, one thing that I'm relearning now after years of not using it is muscle reading. I never thought I'd be using muscle reading and now I'm back trying to learn it again. Muscle reading? If I look like a question mark, it's because I got one. What, what, is, uh, what would that be? So muscle reading is essentially it's contact mind reading. So instead of me picking up on visual or auditory cues in the way that you speak or the way you're moving your face, I'm taking your hand and feeling for when your muscles either loosen up or contract. Yeah, right. makes sense. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way to explain it. No, I, 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 can, I can see that. So, so is that a similar sort of idea of, uh, of a lie detector kind of thing where you can sense if, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Except instead of most polygraph tests, we'll test for kind of uh, perspiration, they'll test for blood levels and stuff like that. That can change in an instant anyway. Yeah. That's why they say polygraphs are, aren't really effective. But what you're doing is feeling for a change in the way that someone is moving. 
Uh, so it's a little bit more reliable. Now, of course, there are times when you'll make mistakes because you'll have people leading you the wrong way or whatever. But yeah, similar enough technique. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, we've got a lot of organic questions. I actually have one of the ones we sent you and wrote down and I would like to, to ask you here. So is there a question you've actually never been uh, asked that you would love to answer within the field of what you do or just in, in general? Um, I think most people have asked me the questions that I want to kind of talk about. Yeah. Um, now, I'm sure, once again, if you were to ask me that in a few days' time, I could have a different question that's just popped to mind. But I think for where I am at the moment, I've been asked all the questions that I kind of have an answer to and like to talk about, you know? Yeah. Okay. On that aspect, is there one question that is your top question that you'd love being asked if we haven't asked it already? I mean, one question that's always great is either how do you do this or why do you do this? <laughs> and you guys have kind of asked those already, but those are the questions that I get asked. Like I got asked, why do you do this five times on Sunday at a gig? <laughs> and is there is there preference of kind of the shows that you do because i know you've done that on stage and i know you do like weddings and you do gatherings is it just kind of what comes your way that you take or is there is there a preference within what you do where these are the ones where you really get to excel in the way that that's put up is the best or i mean i do love performing stand-up i think stand-up is it's much more natural home but one of the things that i love about close-up is the intimacy like intimacy is one of the most important things in what I do and what I feel. So there's certain things that I'll do on stage that I would never do close up and certain things I do close up that I'd never do on stage. Cause you're dealing with a lot of the time people's personal information. Like I'm not sure the show that you came to, I think we had revealed someone's deepest, darkest secret. Now we kept it completely anonymous but like that deep dark secret made me laugh for about three days afterwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great show. I'm not gonna lie. Like if anybody, I, I'll say that now. If you're ever around, whatever the guys, and the, the show, like let's just go into that. The show's called uh, Mind Fakers, which I already love as far as or the group, yeah. right? Uh, plug the other guys here. Give them a chance to tell people yeah, like, what so is it. We have. The incredible Ivan Zim, he's a French guy living in Dublin. Ivan is one of the best sleight of hand artists that I have ever seen. The things that man can do with the deck of cards is just incredible. And if I had half the talent that he has, I would be a very happy man. Um, he's an incredible thinker in the way that he thinks about magic. Um, and he's just so clued into different things that nobody thinks about so he's a pleasure to work with and hopefully me and him work for years to come then there's of course con mccormick the con artist is yeah. and the tagline we put with him con is one of the most entertaining magicians i think ireland has ever produced he's funny he's smart he's so clued in as well he can read an audience like that he's just it's a pleasure to work with. And a few weeks ago, actually, we did a gig where I f it was just me and Khan 
and there was only eight people that turned up to the gig. So we had to completely change everything we were doing in 20 minutes. And Khan was just, oh, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. Boom. Just very clever guy. Very clever. And where is it that you perform primarily? Uh, as a group, we perform in the Clockwork Door, which is a lovely venue beside the Hapney Bridge in Dublin, an iconic kind of part of Dublin. Um, the Clockwork Door is a brilliant venue, and I can't speak highly enough for the guys there. They've gone out of their way for the past 18 months whenever we've gone in. Um, so yeah, I and love I can, performing there. I, and I can assist that that was where I saw you guys. And uh, I don't know if Con told you actually, uh, he might have, but he taught me how to juggle in, uh, in the span of like, I set myself the goal of four hours, but after 45 minutes, he had taught me to, uh, to juggle. Wow. Yes, I can <laughs> juggle now. Ah, congratulations. Yeah, so uh, he, can, he can put that on his CV as well. And if anybody wants to learn how to juggle, I can also point you in the direction of Con McCormick <laughs> for sure. Um, and I actually didn't even know Con juggled. <laughs> I know he's an incredible guitar player. Yeah, guitar player and just, yeah, he has all, he seemed, to me it seemed like a, like it is what it is, like a clown, right? A professional clown. He had all of the, the, the one-wheeled bicycle and everything and I could see oh, him like, wow. oh yeah, so you should talk to him about that. Yeah, yeah we know what you're going to ask him next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm supposed to be seeing him, I think, next week, so I'll be straight over to him going, you can juggle, teach me. Yeah. The, the record is uh, so he taught me in 45 minutes like just the basics of it and I'm pretty solid with it now and I then went on and taught my girlfriend and like I think she did it in 17 minutes yeah. Damn. so it's just a matter of like and now he taught me the same he said like once you learn to do it this way you can never unlearn it right so now that I have the balls and I'm like yeah I, I don't even understand how to not do it this way now yeah uh, so, yeah I'm quite excited to see you reading people's minds while juggling on the unicycle I mean, stranger things have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Three things on an island for you. What are you bringing? Um, A good book. Um, One book? Oh, if it's a good book, I will happily read it a hundred times. There's a book I'm reading at the moment. It's actually a mentalism book. Um, full of tricks so I probably won't give the actual plug but all I will say is it's written by a wonderful guy in the States I've safely read the book about 10 times since I received it a month ago and just his thinking is incredible so any book that is anyways good I will happily read a hundred (laughs) times and let's see fresh water and let's see, Desert Island. Hmm. It's tough, I know. Yeah, it's a tough question. I'd probably... A book and water would be the main two. Maybe like some form of a guitar or something as well to keep me sane. All right. Sound. So actually, like, I just wanted to know that to get a bit more. It, I love to do these in the beginning, but it was fun to see now with what we know about you, what it actually would be. So I just want to quickly go back a bit, though. So now you mentioned like researching. 
what's mm. your kind of process behind that as well for somebody trying to pick this up? Is it go on YouTube on top of reading and studying all the things you said, or would you sit and watch other people do tricks and try to just analyze them? Or is there a better, more efficient way you think? Um, one of the best ways is to go out there and read books. There's tons of books out there. I will give a plug of one book that is incredible, which is the Klutz Book of Magic. Most good magicians have started off with that book. Um, so I don't think I'm t divulging too many secrets there. No. But um, that's a great book if you want to start getting into magic. Then if you want to look more towards kind of mentalism and mind reading, I think a great book that's on the market is Darren Brown's Trick of the Mind. It's kind of an autobiography, but kind of also a little bit of background in memory techniques, in NLP, in suggestion. It's just, it's written by the master. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are two great books that I'd recommend everyone get towards. And apart from that, if you want more information and you're genuinely interested after reading those two, message me privately and I will give you two or three of my favorite books. Sound. Yeah. Uh, you got anything, Neil? No, I think we've asked a lot of questions here. and Yeah. And we might have been a little bit all over the place. I apologize if that's the case. That's cool. But it's actually, as I said here, it's just a conversation, right? And kind of see where yeah. it, it took us in that sense. Um, like seriously, and you know this for a fact, I could talk with you for hours and pick your brain, but I also do respect the fact that you have a show <laughs> to run. So there's only so much you can, you can actually say about how you do of the course. things. And that's the, the way it has to be. Um, is there anything you, uh, you have in mind that you want to ask us? Um, and it's fine if there's not. Like, I get it. We've talked for a long time now. I mean, one of the things that I definitely had to ask is, what else are you guys bringing onto this show? You told me a little bit about it, but I want to sit down and watch each episode. I mean, the concept of the name is great. Can you teach me that? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what we're really looking at is we want to bring anyone that's got an interesting story that can actually inspire other people to change their lives, change their career, do the things they love. I mean, what's been great about you is you've actually come from a point of this is what you love. This is everything to you. And mm. that is really fantastic. Um, and we just, we just want to inspire other people to do things like that and follow their dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so people from all walks of life. And that's why I, I prodded you a little bit about like giving tools for like the self-confidence and the, the self-help yeah, process things. Is to, uh, like, so for me personally, right, I've, I've been stuck in a long time in, in cool jobs, but I also saw a lot of people that were for some reason not doing what they really wanted to do and going their full potential. So mm -hmm. to just give people a lot of inspiration, as Neil said here, and uh, show them that most things like if i think of like a, a neurologist and neurosciences all of these things where it's like fancy titles that it all started at a certain point if that's what you're asking you want to do that you have the the means to do it so for us get to know a bunch of cool people <laughs> uh, like that's a side uh, bonus right that we get to just have a, a platform here to actually engage with people and learn from so if you have somebody now that you feel like somebody here might be cool we would of course love to entertain and be like who is that and we could do that off the air whatever yeah cool 
but those kind of things of just branching out and showing other people that it's not as intimidating as you may think to begin with. And even like you, when you say mentalist, it's like, I know before I met you guys and although we don't know each other too well, I kind of was like, it is dark magic. It's voodoo and I would never be able to, uh, to do that and trust it. But now that I got to learn more, it's like, oh, it's so fascinating, right? So put that spin on it to make things fascinating, uh, obtainable and, and give them kind of like the starting steps about, yeah. I can't hold your hand the whole journey, but take these steps yes. initially and this is what I did. That's cool. Really good message to kind of bring to the series. Cheers. We appreciate that. Um, let's finish it and wrap it up on that. Uh, Ocean, absolute, like, thank you so much. You're our first official guest and that's going to go down in history <laughs> as far as because it was actually me uh, being interviewed by Neil and vice versa. We would have been interviewing each other in the first few episodes and then you showed up. So I'm delighted. And uh, Neil, I think you, like, we, we're going to be talking about this afterwards for sure and, uh, <laughs> and, and honing our skills on and coming back with you, or to you. Um, yes. Final words, Neil? Um, well, one thing is, is Martin has kept trying to get me to sing at the end of it. However, you said that you do do singing. Is that something you want to end the show with? I mean, when I said I, when I, said I sing, I didn't say I sing well. Okay. Well, I don't sing or sing well, so we'll just get rid of all the singing. Guys, we, uh, yeah, unfortunately, we, we ran out of time, so uh, we're going to miss out on both both Ocean this time and Neil as well. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. What a shame on that. Yeah, in the, uh, in the comment section below or the post on Facebook or wherever you're going to see this year, we'll be, uh, we'll be plugging uh, Ocean and his page and his website of where you can reach out to him if you're interested in actually uh, getting his services and from somebody who's actually seen this show. I would, I would say, and I mean this wholeheartedly, go watch the show. Uh, if you can get him out to a wedding or whatever you, your thing is, I know he would be impressive and, uh, and make sure that it's, it's a great uh, set of entertainment. And I hope you got to know him a bit better here. Um, so yeah, without you plugging yourself too much, I will make sure that I am like, that testimonial for you. And I, I sincerely mean that. It was a, a great night. So uh, reach out to him. And yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, unless you have to, you, you get the final word, Ocean. If you want to have something specifically coming up, then this is a chance for you to let people know. Uh, I'm trying to think. We've got a few big projects in the works, so I'd say definitely keep an eye on the Facebook page and the Instagram. And I hope to chat to you guys again soon. Thank you so much. Uh, and yeah, I, Neil alluded to it there, but he should have been singing, but we ran out of time. So we'll finish <laughs> it on that note. All right, guys. Thank, thank you, you for, for joining us.